Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, I spoke to Berkeley at Trans Impact all about how their technology is turning their customers into raving fans. They do everything from parcel to inventory optimization, network optimization, and they are providing data to their customers to make timely decisions and actually so they can see the profitability in their account right away. It was a great episode. So if you missed it, go and check it out over on letstalksupplychain.com under listen. You can also go and check it out on our YouTube channel or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 244. And let me tell you, if you are looking for a technology solutions, you might be saying, well, Sarah, I have many of them. This one is very different. They put their money where their mouth is. So I highly recommend you go and check out that episode. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. And now a word from our sponsor. It's time to take control over your supply chain with Cavallo. Cavallo is a distribution management solutions provider founded by an experienced distributor who spent two decades perfecting and optimizing Cavallo's high-powered user-friendly software. Cavallo offers the ability to have complete control of your process with automated workflows that offer business rules and alert logic that will streamline your distribution operations. Leverage Cavallo's state-of-the-art business intelligent platform that provides real-time intelligence of your customers' orders, alerting you if they are out of compliance or even better, bringing awareness to areas in your business that are driving exceptional value. With a data-driven approach to supply chain management, Cavallo enables a network of cloud, on-prem, and integrated solutions that offer a path to excellence no matter where you are in your technical journey. For more information on how to accelerate growth with Cavallo's business intelligent platform and its game-changing distribution management software, visit Cavallo, C-A-V-A-L-L-O.com today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. It is the first Monday of the month, and so we are featuring a woman in supply chain on this episode, and I cannot wait to share who that is with you. I actually met her in person last week at the Manifest Conference, and I'm so, so glad that I did. And so today, we are welcoming a leading supply chain writer editor and brand manager to our Woman in Supply Chain series. And that is Marina Mayer, an experienced B2B journalist with over 13 years in the supply chain and logistics space. Marina follows and writes about marketplace disruption, trends and technology around warehousing, transportation, procurement, sustainability, safety, risk management, software and technology and so, so much more. One of the reasons why I wanted Marina to be part of this series and to have a conversation with her is because of what they do around their lists and their awards for the industry. They have a woman in supply chain list and award. They have the pros to know list and award as well. And when I 
was nominated for Women in Supply Chain. And I actually made the list. And thank you to the team over there for including me on that. I really wanted to get an idea of the criteria and how much energy they put into it and what they look out for people that they actually put on the list. And so we dove into some of that um, information within this discussion today. Marina is currently Editor-in-Chief of Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive, and she has a range of responsibilities across brand, editorial direction, production, sales, and industry events. So today, Marina will be talking to us about her career so far, her passion for supply chain, and the trends we can expect in 2022. And she'll be sharing her experiences as a woman in the industry and her words of advice for all of the women following in her her footsteps. Now, we wouldn't be able to have this series without our sponsors. This Woman in Supply Chain feature was made possible by our sponsor, Emerge. As a company focused on empowering and growing meaningful supply chain relationships, Emerge is proud to sponsor Women in Supply Chain. Through its freight procurement platform, Emerge offers solutions that enhance the spot and contract procurement process, enabling shippers and carriers to make more strategic decisions. If you want to learn more about them, go and check out their Let's Talk Supply Chain episode. It was episode 243. So welcome to the show, Marina. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I am super excited to have you here. We haven't featured too many journalists on the show, so I'm really excited to get a different perspective today. And you and I had an amazing conversation a couple of months ago when we were talking about what you do and your awards process. And so I want to dive into not only your journey, but I also want to talk about what you do around the awards and how you pick and choose the people to be part of your list and things like that. So there's a lot to cover. So let's dive right in. I mean, we always kick off our Woman in Supply Chain episodes by taking it back to the beginning. And it seems on paper, at least, that you've always had one goal in mind. You went to university to study journalism and English, worked for the campus magazine. So you always wanted to be a journalist. What drew you to that career? So it's funny. And initially, when I went to college, I went to become a business major because that's what you do, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, I just couldn't grasp a lot of the stuff. I mean, I feel like I have a good grasp on business in general, but like, you know, I'm just not good at math. And so I really hunkered down. And my dad said, you know, your grades are slipping. You're, you know, we're paying all this money. You got to figure this out. And so I hunkered down and I said, you know, I love to write. I'd already taken a couple of journalism classes. I'm like, why am I killing myself here? The answer is already here. And my right. grandmother was a journalist. So it was kind of like one of those where I was like, you know, what am I doing? So I just switched my major and it was the best decision I could have made because I actually loved going to class and I loved doing the homework and I loved, you know, learning more. So it was kind of like a blessing in disguise kind of a thing. Well, and that's a really good lesson for anybody listening to this episode is really like, listen to your heart, listen to your gut, because the answers are there. You just might be ignoring them a little bit, right? Right. right. Or convincing yourself that it's supposed to be a different way, yes. but it's not. Supposed to be. I mean, who rolled out all of these rules anyways? Right. Exactly. <laughs> And so how did you come to specialize in the supply chain and logistics space? And you've really like stuck with it for much of your career. So what is it that you enjoy so much about the industry? Yeah, I just I just kind of fell upon the industry. It was, you know, I've, I've been in 
in food and beverage roles, like in the food and beverage space before. And um, this opening opened up on a supply chain magazine at my previous company. And I was like, I know nothing about supply chain, but it sounds really cool. And I just gravitated to the industry and continue and will always be a part of this industry because I just, I love the people in it. And I think because the people that are in it want to be in it, they're not here just to collect a paycheck and go home. Like they want to be in it. They want to make the world a better place. They want to make, you know, this pandemic has really kind of put that industry to the forefront, but for the better, because I really got to see, as I'm sure you did too, all of the companies kind of collaborate together and come together yeah. for the greater common good. And I think that that is what really makes the supply chain industry the best industry to work in. Yeah. You know, I ask the community sort of all the time as to what's your favorite thing about supply chain. I mean, not all the time, but I've asked it a couple of times. Right. And there's a resounding message behind the people and that it's the people that really make this industry and it's the people that are the best part of this industry. And so I'm glad that you said that because it's really where the magic happens. I mean, I always talk about collaboration being the future of business and that takes people. Supply chain takes people and it's the people that really makes the magic happen. Yeah, I I totally agree. And, and, you know, I know our industry is kind of going into that automation robotic sector, but everybody I've talked to has said, you need the human beings to control it. So there's definitely always will be a space for the human being. Yeah, you know, I think I think there's going to be some transition into how they work together. But I think you're right. I think there's going to be a transition into, you know, the the people side of the business really focusing on strategy and creativity and being able to bring more to the industry through maybe, you know, innovation and different things like that, which I think is is an exciting Uh, prospect um, for what we can see as the future of supply chain. So you're currently editor-in-chief of food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. And I think you were actually on maternity leave when the job opened up and you went for it. So you had a huge new role and a newborn. What made you take that risk and how did you find those early months? What have you learned? Well, it's, it's, you know, you kind of dig deep into yourself and figure out where you want your challenges to be. And the position actually opened up at my previous company on that supply chain magazine. And I was kind of in a rough spot. I was kind of in like a funk, you know, and I just had my, my baby girl, my oldest. And it was kind of one of those where it's like, if things don't get change, I'm not going back, you know? Right. <laughs> and then I was on maternity leave. And one of, of my coworkers at that previous company called me and said, I know you're on leave, but I'm, I'm leaving the magazine. The position's open. I'd love you to fill it. And I was like, anything to get me out of this position. So I interviewed and then they hired me and I was kind of like, what did I just do? You know, you kind of have that relapse moment. Like, did I just make a decision that's good or bad? You know, I don't know. And two weeks after I returned from maternity leave, I was on a plane to Palm Springs to meet new people in the network and in in associations. And I traveled a lot and looking back, it just kind of set how things are now. And then fast forward to where I am now, this position opened up and I was actually on a family vacation in 2019 at Disney, like pre-pandemic. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go for it because I'm, I, I've always challenged myself in different ways. And you kind of, you know, as a female, as somebody who, you know, has a lot of tasks at home and then you have a lot of tasks in your job, you just kind of have to, at one point in time, put yourself first for a tiny bit and just yeah. go for it. 
And I think that's what I did. And I'm so glad I did it, even though it was a very hard time in my life, you know, with a newborn and you're traveling and your body's falling apart, nothing fits and you're right. emotional <laughs> and you're like, what am I doing? But it was, it was the best decision I could have made for myself and for my family and just for my career in general. So, so I encourage that for everybody. <laughs> I love that. How did you deal? Cause I hear, I don't know this, but I hear that mommy guilt is a thing. How it did is. you deal with mommy guilt? Well, I'm not going to lie to your readers and your viewers. It still exists and it still is present day. It doesn't, I don't think it goes away. Right. You know, I work from home. So I'm, I'm, I have that privilege of taking my kids to the bus and picking them up and being yeah. home. But you know, I, I also, I'm traveling and I can't be there for certain school functions or for certain things. And so, you know, you're spread thin. You're trying to, you know, clean the house and pay bills and make doctor's appointments and stay on top of that while managing your job. But I will tell you, the thing that I love the most about my job is it's mine. I don't have to share it with anybody in my house. I don't have to share it with anybody else. And it's kind of like mine to destroy or mine to excel at. And, And that's why I love being in this field and I love working and I love having that. That's just mine. And so I love you know, that. It's a good chance. It's, <laughs> the mommy guilt is always there though. I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah. I, and I love that. And thank you for sharing that. I mean, that wasn't, you know, part of where this discussion was going to go, but I feel <laughs> like there's a lot of moms in the, in the industry. There's a lot of moms in the audience that are going to listen to this and, you know, hear about you going back to work right. um, really quickly and, you know, traveling and every, you know, there's, there is that one sort of common theme with, around that mommy guilt, and we really haven't tackled that on this series. And so I'm just glad that you shared that because it's different for everybody. But I think it's also really good when we can hear from other yeah. people. They're kind of going through the same things. You Absolutely. Know? You're, you're not yeah. alone, women. Just call me. We'll cry together. It's fine. I love it. I love it. So tell us about the role, because I think people would be surprised by your roster of responsibilities. You're working across brand, marketing, strategy, sales. It must be a little bit full on. Yeah, it is a little full on. As editor-in-chief, I kind of oversee every facet of food logistics and supply and demand chain executives. So that's print, digital, our e-newsletters, our social media, our podcast channels, our awards. Um, we have a new webinar program, SEM Summits. We just launched SupplyChainLearningCenter.com, which is the educational supply chain educational arm of our brands. And then obviously speaking engagements and stuff like that. So it, it is a lot. Um, I'm very privileged to have two editors underneath me who I can delegate anything to at any time and, and have definitely pulled their own weight when I've mm-hmm. needed them. And they're kind of in charge of different facets. So I'm not all in at all times. And um, so I think that's the key. The key is to, to find the people that you can trust to be like, you know what, I need to jet for a day, you can take over. And I think that that's the key to being able to manage it all and, and kind of do it from this, this level. Yeah, good teams make a world of difference because I have one too. And yeah. I wouldn't be anywhere without exactly. them. So I totally get that. I want to pinpoint really quick on the award side. So you and I really got connected over the Woman in Supply Chain Award, which thank you. I was I was nominated on that list, mm-hmm. um, and I was I was very privileged to be able to be on that list. I was so excited about it. Um, I still am. Um, but I want to 
ask you, because there's a lot of lists, there's a lot of awards out in supply chain, whether it's women in supply chain, whether it's whatever that is. What sets you apart from the other awards and lists that are out there? Because I know from our conversation, the way that you find people, the way that you actually put them on the list, there's a lot of work that goes into that. And I want people to know this because, you know, there's some lists out there that there's not a lot of work that goes into, um, but your lists are extremely important for the industry. And so can you give us sort of some behind the scenes on that? Sure. Our lists, basically, we have a very hardcore, what I call vetting process. And we have nomination forms that people fill out. And you have to really take that opportunity in the nomination process to tell us why we need to award this, this award to you. Simply saying, oh, they made all these achievements in 2020 really isn't going to cut it. We need examples. We need reasons why, because there's so many supply chain professionals out there, but there's only some that are making a huge difference. And we just want to make sure from an editorial standpoint that we're not only ethical about it, but that we're, we're honing, honing in on, on the credibility of it, so to speak. So, you know, we really just, you know, just because you submitted a nomination doesn't mean you, you get awarded just because you received an award from somebody else doesn't mean you get awarded. You really have to take the time to tell us things. And our nominations, they're open for six weeks. So a lot of people like to wait till the last minute and then they're emailing (laughs) me and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. But we've had some really great nominations come in, as you know, from our Women in Supply Chain, which is an award that I created when I first joined our brands because I saw that there was a void that we needed to fill and the thing that I want to add about that is that the men that are coming through to nominate their women counterparts is just yes. mind blowing. Like I, I thought we would, we wouldn't get there for like another 10 years. We're here now and it's just amazing. So third, our third year is, is this upcoming year of that award. And we also have our rock stars awards, our pose to know awards. We have a lot of people awards that celebrate and honor the wonderful people in the supply chain industry for everything that they're doing, because it's not just, Hey, I'm running my company. It's, this is what I'm doing. I'm doing X, Y, Z. And these are the results. And it's just amazing. So we, we announce our winners for pros to know at Modex. I'm very excited about that. And we will announce our rock stars on food logistics um, in February. And our overall winner is, is she's pretty rock star. So I'm super excited for that. And thank you so much for just giving us a glimpse into everything that goes into it. Because again, you know, there's some lists that are, you know, okay, but I, I really, really appreciate what you guys do and how you, um, feature. Mm-hmm. people within oh, the industry you. and really take the integrity of what they're doing for the industry right. and putting that forefront like that that really is a big deal so and of course you know the heart of your role is also to keep on top of trends so <laughs> while i have you i'd be crazy not to ask your opinion on the disruptions we've kind of seen over the last 2 years and of course we are considering or continuing to see can you give us some insights into any tech or trends that we can expect maybe over the next year the other thing and i get asked this all the time is how do you keep on top of trends yeah, maybe yeah. give us your secret well i will say there is no secret <laughs> <laughs> because true. as you know, it changes every minute, you know, it's, yeah. we used to keep a log of all the disruptions. And then I was like, I don't even know what to do with this. It's just, it's so much every day. There's something, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just crazy. But you know, 
a lot of people ask me, you know, what do you see with the supply chain crisis that's going on? And, you know, I'm not in the day-to-day trenches like everybody else, so it's hard for me to completely see what's going on. But I will tell you, I don't think we're out of the woods just yet. I think we're better than we were yet last year, but I, I think there's still repercussions coming. You know, companies are still struggling with, you know, driver shortage. They're still struggling with having to raise prices and not being able yep. to fulfill orders. And and that's just, we got to make that full circle in order to get back to whatever normal is supposed to be. Yep. You know, in terms of technologies, I mean, obviously robotics and automation will continue to lead the charge. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, I think anything that makes the people's jobs easier, safer, faster to protect them is is going to be key because at the end of the day, you can't run your company and do your business without your people. So if you're not protecting them, you're doing it wrong. So true. It's so true. So with the the um, the family responsibilities and the workplace responsibilities, how do you keep up on trends? Are you like reading at night? Are you just watching different things? Are you sort of taking everything in from the people that you guys interview and watching sort of that content? What, what are you doing? So I do absorb a lot of it from the people that we talk to. Yeah, I do um, too. We do receive a lot of contributed content on both sites. Yeah. Um, and you know, I read through every one of them and I do absorb a lot of that because, you know, that is coming from people that are in the trenches. Um, I'm, I'm guilty of taking my lunch breaks at my desk and reading the news (laughs) and reading Facebook and Twitter. Um, it's just, I, you know, you kind of get into a routine and it's just hard to step away from that. Um, you know, and obviously watching the news, but I do, we, we do attend a lot of virtual and in-person shows and conferences. And I think that that's key to hear what other people have to say. Um, you know, we host a lot of webinars as well through SCN summit. So we, we do have a lot of these industry experts come on and they have a lot of great information and they kind of tell it for me. So it's, it's just, you know, I, I highly encourage everybody to absorb information from anybody that you're talking to, because that's the only way you're going to know what's going on. Yeah, I think that's true. And I also think like not to get overwhelmed and just to remember, like, don't beat yourself up over the fact that you missed something or, you know, you didn't know about something. I mean, it is what it is. There's a lot of information coming at at us all the time. And I think sometimes, you know, there's, we talked about mommy guilt, but I think there's also guilt, you know, around some of the things we can do and can't do and just let it go. You know, whatever it is that's supposed to come into your purview will come into your purview and sort of just trust the process is what I wanted to share. And I love that, by the way. That's such a oh, great thing to keep reminding yourself. <laughs> yes, yes, because we're not, it's a journey, right? And, and we're not perfect and we don't have to be perfect. So I'm also interested in your thoughts on how journalism has changed over the course of your career, particularly, you know, when we look at B2B publication, there's a large sales and marketing portion to media now. How has that changed the industry and how does it alter the relationship between media and the brands or maybe the businesses who are looking to get themselves out there? So I'm a trained print journalist. That's what I went to school for. I'm aging myself. I know it. Um, (laughs) And then the pandemic hit and I kind of had to learn how to do my job in a completely what I call foreign way. Um, And, you know, I have two editors underneath me who are young and they're younger on purpose because they know things that I don't know. They're, you know, they've they've really helped elevate us in certain areas that it would have taken me forever to figure out. Um, and they laugh at me all the time because they'll say something, you know, like, I have no idea what you're even talking about. I'm Googling <laughs> stuff like, 
you know, different generation guys, but dial telephone. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But you know, it's, it's, it's one of those where, you know, we've, we've been able to adapt. We've been able to embrace every change that has come our way and we've just dug our heels in and we have to figure it out. You know, print is still alive. We still have a print component on food logistics. Um, and it still does really well because people still like to read from paper. You know, I'm old school. I read books from the hardcover. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, of your preference. And our goal as a brand is to kind of deliver the information in, in all avenues so that we can touch all readers at all frames of mind. And I'm yeah. also fortunate we, ha- we have a fantastic sales team who really helps work with us. And it's a, it's a pure partnership so that we can take what we're trying to achieve and elevate it so that we can make money off of it as well. Because, I mean, why not, you know, yeah. if we're already doing the work? But, you know, it really has changed because everything is more instantaneous. It's, you know, three minutes or less or, you know, and everything is viral. Everything is video. You know, I don't think I've used my dial phone from at my desk since like March of 2020. Like (laughs) I don't even sometimes I don't even know what the number is. But, you know, you just you just have to adapt. And the supply chain industry has done that and is doing that. But, you know, when you look at what you and I do, We've had to kind of shift gears too and make it work. And I think that that's, you know, indicative of how brands can grow in the midst of a pandemic. Yeah. And I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think like as we went through our journey, because uh, you and I are think, I think are about similar ages, correct, right? Probably. Like sales and marketing and all of that stuff was not really a thing right. until even, you know, five years ago. And so it it's, it's really fascinating to me how brands have really dove into, you know, digital marketing, print marketing, and really getting an, an appreciation and understanding as to how we can work together and how we can collaborate to bring right. innovation to the industry. Because it's not about sales. It's about bringing stories and it's about bringing right. brands and it's about educating supply chain professionals about what's out there that can help them. Absolutely. And it's about building those relationships. I'm huge on yeah. the relationships. I, I have a, a ton of good relationships with a lot of people in the industry that I've had for many years. And, you know, we'll be at Manifest at the end of the month in January. Oh, me too. Oh, well, then we need to meet up. This is exciting. <laughs> and, you know, my goal is not to do a bunch of interviews. My goal is to just meet people. We've not been to yeah. an in-person show in so long. I just want to meet you and just say hi. That's all I want to do. I'm super so, excited. We get to you, meet in person. But Yay. hopefully I get to hug you. <laughs> I'll yes. put my mask on. <laughs> I'll put my mask on. We'll hug. It's okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about your work ethic, right? Because we talked about family responsibilities, business responsibilities. Where do you get your work ethic? Do you enjoy keeping super busy? Is is it kind of an important part of success for you? And what do you think of this current trend around hustle culture? Because I go back to what I said before about the guilt that we feel and what we can mm-hmm. and cannot do, right? Yeah, I think the work ethic comes from, honestly, I think it's from my dad. He made me get a worker's permit at 15 and said, this is the fact, this is how life is. Right. And I was like, okay, you know, and, and my dad's an entrepreneur. My grandfather's an entrepreneur. I married an entrepreneur. So I've I've always been surrounded by people who are just working a lot because that's all they know to do, you know, and it's just something that I, I do like to keep busy. I think, you know, when there's times I have days off, 
you know, I'm like, well, what am I going to do with myself? You know, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I can't just sit on the couch. Like, I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything in life if I'm just sitting on the couch. But it's just, you know, but you do need that break. You do need that time to kind of unplug and unwind. And, and you know, we as humans need that. But yeah, I think that work ethic comes from from that. And and I've gotten better at it, but my staff is always like, you're emailing me at nine o'clock at night. I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm catching up on emails. Like, I'm better about it this year. I'm like, this is going to be my New Year's re- resolution. But yeah, it's 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 hard when you have it ingrained in your brain and then there's no like turning back, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's scary how similar you and I are. I know. I feel like you and I could talk hours about it. (laughs) Literally over the weekend, I typed out some emails to my team or whatever, but I scheduled them to send Monday morning because I realized, like, I was like, I'm sending these because if they want to do it, they can do it whenever they want. But then they're kind of like, well, do I have to answer on the weekend? I'm like, no, no, no. And so I schedule, I've started to schedule, send the emails and also schedule, send my Slack messages because I'm getting caught up over the weekend, but not everybody's working over the weekend. No. And I'm the same way. I'm always like, don't answer this now. And then they answered. I'm like, I just told them. And they're like, well, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't help it. So I'm getting better at it. But I I feel like it's just, you get it in your brain as to like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. And I do sometimes my best catch up work at night, like catching up on emails yeah. that I didn't get to do or just scheduling things out, you know, just tying up loose ends. And so yeah, a thought comes into my brain. I have to handle it right away. Otherwise, <laughs> it's forgotten <laughs> forever. <laughs> do you know what I do? I actually email myself. Yes. So if I come up with something or I have to yes. remember something, I'll literally email myself with the title like to do. I think we're twins. I just think that we're twins. I do. And I set and I schedule stuff in my outlook. People are like, oh, you're so busy today. I'm like, oh, no, those are just reminders. Like, you can call me. I'm, I'm available. <laughs> oh, that is so yeah. funny. So as a woman, what has your experience been as a journalist working in the supply chain space? Have you come up against like any obstacles? Do you did you have a mentor? It's, you know, quite common. Is that quite common in the cor- corporate or business world? you know, in journalism, you know, what has kind of, what has your experience been like as a woman in the industry? You know, it's weird. I look back to the beginning of my career and I would attend conferences and I was, you know, similar to like, which is again, why I created the the Women in Supply Chain Award. I was in a room and I was the only female in the room. Yes. And I, you know, I was young. I was, you know, newly out of college and they treat you like you're young and you're Uh like, no, 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 you know, but it's, it's, you know, I've seen that completely change and it's been so welcoming and so amazing. And the fact that women can support other women is, is even better because, mm-hmm. you know, there's that stigma that we don't all get along. And, yes. you know, I don't think that that's correct at all. I think we've come a long way from, from that, but, you know, in the supply chain, it's been wonderful to kind of see that growth and that trans mm-hmm. that transgression go from, you know, being the only female in the room to being surrounded by many people. My mentors have ironically always been men and it's just, they're, they're amazing men who I still keep in contact to this day. And, um, you know, they've just always been the ones who are like, just go for it, Marina, just go for it. We'll support you regardless. And, you know, they don't have kids, you know, they, they have no idea what's going on in my brain, how to wrap around this. And they're like, just do it. We got you. And they always have. And it's just, and so I always tell people have somebody in your corner. Because when you do, 
that makes a big difference. Because when you're on your own, you can't, you know, you can't always do it by yourself. You have to have people with you to help you. Yeah. And if you're looking for that mentor, make sure that the value goes both ways. Yes. It can't just be, be reliant on that one person giving Absolutely. you all the value. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you have to support people. And, and that's why I'm very focused on the two editors that work for me, because I want to make sure that they have the groundwork laid out for them to, to make whatever choices they want to make in their careers. Because I didn't have that at that age. I was yes. you know, older after I had kids when the opportunities started to present themselves. But when I was younger, it was, that was not like that. You were kind of mm-hmm. on your, I mean, I was traveling alone. Nobody included me in things, you know, and it was just, yeah. I'm just going to hunker down and do my job and that's all you can do. Yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, kind of our responsibility to really pave that way. Yeah. Um, and make sure that the next generation has it, e- has it easier than we did because Absolutely. that's how we're going to move this industry forward. What about finding your voice? Did you have a hard time? I mean, you're in journalism, so you're kind of finding your voice, I would assume through writing. Um, but how did, so did you find your voice through writing? How did you find your voice sort of in the industry? And I'm sure it's changed over the years. Yeah, I think it's just you reach that point where you're just like, I'm so done being walked over, pushed around, put in a corner, like you're just done. And, you know, I'm fortunate. I have a very supportive husband of my career and, you know, he's very hands on at home, which helps. Um, But it was one of those days where he's like, if you're not happy, you need to to fix it, find a way to fix it. And, you know, now he kind of maybe regrets it because now I'm like always speaking my mind. (laughs) So he kind of like opened up this monster inside of me. But I I feel like, you know, if you're not advocating for yourself and you're not supporting yourself, you're not doing yourself any justice. You're not going to move the needle forward for yourself. And maybe that goes back to why I've, I've taken these jobs at such crazy times in my life, because, you know, you just have to go for it. You just have to do it. I don't want to ever be in that situation where I'm like, oh, I regret not taking that job. or I regret not having that conversation. You just have to do it. Put yourself out there. Worst case, people say, "Mm, sorry, no, but you know, that's going to happen. But I think finding the voice just comes from within and coming from that, that earning to just not want to be pushed around anymore. Like, you know, I have value to add, listen to me. So Yeah. And every no makes you stronger. And I think I was going to ask you about your advice for women and girls coming into the industry, but I think that is your advice is really just go for it. It's something that I've always said, you know, just get started. You're going to learn very quickly what you like to do and what you don't like to do, and then you can transition. But until you know what that is, you can't really do anything about it. So just go for it and see what happens. It's, you know, somebody uh, messaged me the other day about a transition and that they're not sure where they want to go in their career. And my advice to them was, you know, write down what you're good at, write down what you like to do and see if there's something in the middle as far as a career or a path that you can take that you can really utilize both of them and just remember, it's a journey, not a destination. That's what we that's what we get caught up in, yeah. is that destination. This is where I need to be by a certain time and blah, 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 blah. It's not a destination. It's a journey. Yeah. And I agree with that because I feel like women particularly put a lot of pressure. Um, pressure on themselves. You know, I have to have kids by this time. I have to be married by this time. And it's like, you're doing that to yourself and you're just going to hurt yourself. You know, it's, it's yeah. you know, I had kids uh, later on, I was... 
I was 31 when I had my daughter and I was 35 when I had my son and you're 35, they put you in the geriatric folder and you're just like, <laughs> what is going on? I'm 35, you know, and they're, you know, much older now, but you know, it's just one of those where it's like, you have to just kind of let your life live it out. Yeah. You know, you just kind of have to take every moment and every, and every grasp and just things happen for a reason. And you just have to understand that and everybody's going to come to every role with some kind of professional baggage. You yep. know, they were fired at their last job. Their last boss screamed at them a lot. You know, we all have that. And you're, you have to have those experiences to really appreciate when the good ones come. Yes. I love that. I yeah. love that. Okay. So final question. I mean, you and I could talk for hours. I know. Really? Seriously. <laughs> but final question. And we'll do that at Manifest. Um, final question. What does the future hold for you, Marina? I don't know. I don't like to look that far ahead because I like to be more present. And a lot of that is because of the pandemic. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, you know, what the, what's going on. But I, I like to just kind of let it be what it is. You know, I never in a million years would have planned this is where I would be in my career. I never would have envisioned that, you know. But here I am, and it's I've been blessed and fortunate and um, surrounded by wonderful people who I work with. And wonderful people in the industry and people like you who continue, we just, you know, continue to support each other. And, you know, I would love to keep doing what I'm doing, whether it's here or somewhere else, just being a part of the supply chain industry. And as my kids get older, supporting whatever it is that they choose to do, um, which changes every day. <laughs> so um, I think the future is, is whatever I make it at this point. I love that. I mean, what a great conversation. <laughs> I mean, we've covered so many different things. I want to thank you and your team for all the amazing work Aww, that you. you do in the supply chain space. Um, I think it's incredible. It's one of the reasons why I wanted to feature you, not only because you're an incredible woman in supply chain, but also to dig a little bit deeper and find out a little behind the scenes as to what you guys do um, and how you really, you know, shine light on the incredible people that are doing amazing things in this industry. So I've just loved listening to your perspectives. I mean, we are, we're kind of twins because I, we are twins. <laughs> everything that you were saying, I totally resonated with. And so it's always a pleasure to hear, you know, a totally, totally unique perspective and the incredible stories that come with the journeys that we feature. So thank you so much, Marina, for joining yeah. me today. Thank you so much for having me. This episode was produced in collaboration with Border Buddy, the most innovative online customs platform out there. And here is what Graham, the founder of Border Buddy, has to say. More and more companies are looking to expand their reach into global markets, but most don't know where to start or don't have the time to figure it out. Border Buddy sees the struggle and has found a way for you to integrate customs into your e-commerce site, allowing you peace of mind when selling to customers in other countries. Your customers will know exactly how much the costs are to import their order from you to their door in real time. And just imagine what that will do for your business and your sales. Visit us and sign up for 10% off your first clearance at borderbuddy.com slash let's talk supply chain. If you would like to hear more from us here at Let's Talk Supply Chain, we have plenty more podcasts for you featuring the be best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com and go to listen. You can also use the search bar 
on our website because we have most likely had the supply chain solution that you are looking for on the show. That way you can listen to who they are, what they do, who their ideal client is, and what they have done for their customers without even picking up the phone. So go and check out that search bar, search out the solution that you're looking for, and then go and listen to that episode. And remember to come back next week and I'll be talking to Cavallo and we're going to be learning all about the amazing things that they are doing for the supply chain industry. And I can't wait to share it with you. So come back and check that out next week. And if you enjoy our podcast, there's a few ways to support the show. You can follow us, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can also follow us over on Twitter. And then of course, our YouTube channel that is full of all of our live stream shows. So if you missed one, it's over on our YouTube channel. You can also go and watch our podcast episodes now over on the Let's Talk Supply Chain YouTube. So make sure to subscribe and get notified when we go live. And also, we have a weekly newsletter that goes out every single Monday with everything that's happening in the industry and Let's Talk Supply Chain. So go and subscribe to that over at letstalksupplychain.com. You can also find some really cool merch and purchase our exclusive supply chain dictionary in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. But if you go over to the Let's Talk Supply Chain Instagram, DM us talk one, we will give you that dictionary for free. It's 107 pages full of acronyms and definitions that you are going to need or maybe your team's going to need for their supply chain career. And if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, remember to go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.